y'all sure you want round three? <laughs> Wasn't that good? Oh, thank you. Was that good? That, you know, what Jerry shared, that's a prerequisite to what I'm going to share. Like, you got to forgive to live your dreams, right? You know, it's funny because when Jerry and I were little, um, different preachers would come to town and they would lay hands on all the little children in the church, you know, and sometimes they'd prophesy. And so many times they'd get to my sister and they'd go, you're a powerhouse in the body of Christ. You're a lion. And I'd be waiting for my turn. And then they'd go, you're a little lamb. You're, you're a little sweetheart in the body of Christ. And I'd be like, I want to be a lion. <laughs> so we got the lion and the lamb this morning. Um, but, you know, it was funny because she was feisty. Yeah, she was feisty. In fact, for some reason, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you like to hit a lot. You know what? Me? And, um, <laughs> but she would just love to punch me. But she would punch and punch and go, hit me back. And I'd go, stop it. No. And she'd keep hitting, hit me back. Remember? And I'd go, stop. You're weird. Why? Why do you want to hit me? But she'd just keep punching. But one time, something came over me. I don't know if it was God or the devil, but it came on me. And right as she stopped hitting me, she walked away all cocky. And I just went, bam, just one time. And she went, oh. And she fell to the ground. She never punched me again. <laughs> so... Well, we're friends. We're friends now. Yeah. But it's all good. So, um, real quick. Well, for time's sake, I'll skip that. Well, let me give away this real quick. How many of you feel the urge to purge? You need to declutter your house. Does anybody want this book, Declutter Your Way to Success? Right here. And then the other one I wanted to give away is the five things successful people do. <laughs> you know, this is five things you do before 8 a.m., but my mom called me and said, can I do them all before 8 p.m.? <laughs> I said, yes, mama. <laughs> right here. There you go. So um, I was just trying to figure out, what does the Lord want me to share at the Christmas tea? So at first I thought I would teach on the law of focus. About how if you want to be successful, you got to be single-minded and focused on one thing. Remember the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do. In fact, uh, Tom Monahan, he's the founder of Domino's Pizza, um, he made this statement. He said, if you're going to make pizza, focus on pizza. He said, it's when you dabble in all these other things, you get distracted, you lose your focus, and you're unsuccessful. That you got to figure out what's the one thing God really wants you to zero in on. But I'm not going to talk about the law of focus. So, um, <laughs> then I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll teach on the law of the deck of cards. The law of the deck of cards says that somebody else could take the same hand that you've been dealt and win. Somebody else could take the very situation you're dealing with right now, all your challenges, your obstacles, all your frustrations, and they could still be successful. I heard that from T.D. Jakes, and then he shouted, what are you going to do with the hand you've been dealt? teach on the law of the deck of cards. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to egg you on to live your dreams. Okay. <laughs> now, if you've never heard me, you're really confused about now. 
She's a little strange, but okay. I'll make it fast because I know it's 11:30. But let me just tell you real quick. On the first day of this year, January 1st, I was out walking Beauregard, my big dog, and I just heard the Lord say to me, "Ask me for something big." And then He said, "You're not asking big enough." And I heard that twice. He said, "Did you hear me? You're not asking big enough." So I ran home and I got my journal. And I thought, I don't want to forget this. So I started writing everything. And the Lord said to me, he said, if it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. And then he said, ask big and believe it's done. That's your word for 2021. Well, here it is the end of the year. And I didn't think I would teach on this, but the Lord reminded me the year's not over. And that he wants to hear what you're asking for. And I thought it was cool that Jerry mentioned Mark eleven twenty five. Because Mark eleven twenty four is, you know, whatever you ask in my name and all that, he'll do. But then 25 is you got to forgive. So these messages go hand in hand. So I'm going to share with you this message about asking big. And let me just start out with a story. Now, some of you that go to Heritage of Faith, you may have heard my dad share this because I heard him share it recently. But it was a story about back in the 1980s. When my dad and Oral Roberts were going to Africa. Do y'all remember this story? So my dad was doing a lot of work in Africa. He still does. But he was getting ready to build a big clinic there. And, you know, they had this big ceremony about to take place. The president of Kenya was going to be there. All these government officials, doctors, medical people. And Oral Roberts calls my dad and says, I want to go with you and see what you're doing. Well, dad was sort of freaking out because that was his hero, wanting to go with him to see what he's doing. So they get to this big ceremony, kind of like this, and there's a podium where the president of Kenya is speaking. And behind them was a table where Dad and Oral Roberts are sitting. Well, if y'all remember the story, all of a sudden, Oral Roberts grabs a napkin and he starts writing something. And my dad sees him writing this, but everyone can see them. And Dad's wondering what he's doing, and he writes it again, he wads it up, throws it away, writes it again, wads it up, throws it away. Finally, he writes it and he hands it to dad and says, read this. And dad opens it up and he goes, I don't know what this says. And old Robert said, read it again. Dad said, Strebor Laro? I don't know what this is. Then all of a sudden he said, that's Oral Roberts spelled backwards. (laughs) My dad said, what? (laughs) You're writing your name backwards? And he said, yes. And dad said, why? And he said, because I'm bored. Dad said, what? You're bored like we bore you? And he said, yes, I'm bored by your small plans and I'm bored by your small thinking. Now, here's my question for you today. Is God sitting up in heaven (laughs) writing his name backwards because he is bored like a dog by your small plans? (laughs) So what did the Lord say? He said, me for something big. And then he said, you're not asking big enough. So let me ask you real quick. Do you believe this right here, this pink Bible? This is the number one success book ever written. Do you believe everything you ever need to live your dreams can be found in this book? Well, listen to what the author said. Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be open." For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be open. And then it says, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? Right? 
So could we seriously be missing out on stuff because we're not asking God? You know, I heard Steve Harvey say that his mom ingrained this scripture in him, these seven words when he was a little boy. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. He said that scripture, it's not just in rich people's Bible. He said it's in your Bible. (laughs) And then he made this statement that I have to be real careful when I say it, but this is what he said. If you up your ask, God will up his give. (laughs) If you up your ask, God will up his give. I said ask, mama, okay, with a K on that. But listen to this scripture. John 16, because she'll still spank me, you know. John 16, 24 says, until now you've asked for nothing in my name. And then he says it again. Ask and you shall receive so your joy may be full. Isn't that amazing? I found out that God asked us to ask him for things 33 times in the Bible. A hundred times he says, ask, seek, request, inquire. Now, when God says something one time, he means it, doesn't he? When he says something a hundred times, do you think he's trying to get our attention? So I want to break apart that phrase the Lord gave me, ask big and believe it's done. You ready? I'll go fast. Number one, let's talk about the word ask. So I did a little research. Obviously, businesses understand the art of asking. That's a principle you learn in success, right? So McDonald's years ago began to train their staff to ask one question when people ordered a hamburger and a drink. Y'all know what the question was? (laughs) Would you like some fries with that order? Apparently, a lot of people just said, sure, why not? That single question raised their bottom line more than $20 million the first year. Just asking if you like some fries. You know, I read a story recently about um, Miss Field, not the cookie lady, but the heir to the Marshall Fields department store. So apparently she was a big donor to Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. Well, one day she gave a million dollars to the University of Chicago. Well, when Northwestern found out, they read it in the paper, they called her and they said, why did you give a million dollars to the University of Chicago and not to us? You know what she said? The University of Chicago asked, you didn't. See, I think the saddest day in heaven would be when God gives us a glimpse of all that we could have had, we could have done, we could have been, and you go, God, why didn't I get any of this? He says, you didn't ask. Terry finally learned how, but you never asked. So the first thing the Lord said was ask. And my, my point here is if it's that simple, then why don't we ask? Well, I think a lot of the reasons is what Jerry talked about with shame, guilt, uh, unforgiveness, insecurity, inferiority. We don't feel worthy enough. Who am I to ask God for something big? So let me tell you this story real quick. This is a true story about Tony Robbins. Now, Tony Robbins was mentored by a man named Jim Rohn. Some of you may know who Jim Rohn is. He's passed away. But when he began to mentor Tony Robbins... He told Tony, he said, Tony, you have such a poor mentality. You have a poverty mindset. He said, you don't even expect anything from God. He said, we've got to change the whole way you see yourself, the way you see God. He said, do you know that God's word says, ask and you shall receive? He said, life will pay you any price you ask of it. But then he also told him God's word says to come boldly and ask. 
So he told Tony, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get $300 out of your bank account, out of your savings. He said, even if that's all you got, take it out of your savings. Don't spend it. But he said, I want you to put it on the outside of your money clip. So every time you take your wallet out, you start to condition yourself to see abundance, see prosperity, see wealth. And he began to teach him those principles about asking God. Well, obviously, Tony Robbins became very successful. And I'm not saying that he's a Christian or a believer, but he just became very successful. Years later, Tony Robbins was coming out of a conference in downtown Boston. And this homeless man walked right up to him. And he just said, Tony, or he didn't know his name. He just said, Mr., can you loan me a quarter? All of a sudden, Tony Robbins thought, I'm going to practice this on the homeless man. So he pulled a quarter out of his pocket, and he pulled the $300 out of his pocket. He held it up to the homeless man, and he said, listen, life will pay you any price you ask of it. He said, God's word says, ask, and you shall receive. God even said to come boldly and ask for what you need. He said that homeless man looked at him, looked at those hundreds, looked at the quarter, looked back at Tony, Looked back at the hundreds, (laughs) looked at the quarter, and then he said to Tony Robbins, you're weird. (laughs) But that's not all he did. He grabbed the quarter and he ran off. Now think about it. That homeless man asked for what he thought he was worth. He didn't think he was worth $300. And you know, you hear that story and you think, how sad. Why didn't he just take the money and run, right? But let me ask you, what are you asking God for? Are you asking God to put gas in your car or pay off the car? God said, ask big and believe it's done, right? So, and what's interesting, a point I want to bring out real quick is when you're asking God for things, whatever it is, be very specific. Even in marketing, they've discovered that the more clear you ask, the better the results. For example, they went to Grand Central Station, and they just were doing an experiment, walking up to random people in the station, and they said, can you spare some change? 44% gave them some change, because that's very vague, isn't it? Then they got more specific. They said, can you spare a quarter? 64% responded. They got even more specific. Can you spare 37 cents? 75% responded. Just proven that the more clear you are, the better the results, right? Well, I've discovered it's the same with God's word. When you're asking God for something, be very clear. Don't just say, Lord, I'm declaring 2022 is my year of increase. Well, here's a hundred bucks, and I guess that's your increase for the year. No, be very specific about what you're believing God for, right? So, you know, today people will ask me, especially people that knew me from before, they'll say, Terry, Are you surprised at what God has done in your life? Because we know how insecure you were, how shy you were, you know, rejection mentality also. We know how you were. Are you surprised at what God's done in your life now? And you know what I always say? I am grateful beyond words, overwhelmed with gratitude, and not a day goes by as God is my witness. I probably say thank you, Jesus, at least 50 times a day. It's just constantly on my mouth. But can I be honest with you? I'm not surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised is because everything that's happening in my life today, I asked God for it yesterday. So just to give you a couple examples, just to show you, because y'all know I'm passionate about Right the Vision, right? 
So let me ask you if I should be surprised. Years ago, I went to a bookstore, I posed in front of the bookshelves, and I acted like my books were there. Hadn't even written a book when I did that. But I was asking God for a publisher because I wanted to see my books in the bookstore. Well, let's see what God's word says about that. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you've received it and it will be yours. So should I be surprised that about six months later, I get a phone call from a literary agent saying, I would love to represent you and get your books published. And here I am in a bookstore seeing them on the shelf. Should I be surprised? No, because ask and you shall receive, right? Here's another one. These are just random stuff. I had it on my heart to see my books translated into five languages. One of them was German. Now, I speak English and French. I don't speak German. I've never been to Germany. I don't know anyone in Germany. But I put a map of Germany in my book, and I said, Lord, I'm asking you to see my books translated in German. I don't even know why. It was just a desire in my heart. Well, let's see what God's word says. John 14, 14. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Should I be surprised seven months after I put that little map of Germany in there? Donna, who's right here, she's my assistant, she got an email from a man in Stuttgart, Germany, saying we would love to invite Terry to come speak at a conference in Germany next year. And if she's interested in coming, the publisher of the largest publishing house in Germany would love to meet with her and discuss getting her books translated in German. Is that coincidental? We flew to Germany, spoke in the conference. I think now we have five or six books translated in German. Do y'all think I should be surprised? No, because ask and you shall receive. Let me just share a desire of the heart. I thought I'd share this one because it's not really that spiritual, but it was just a desire of my heart. So I put a picture in here of an apartment in Paris. And I said, Lord, I'm believing one day I'm going to write my next book in an apartment in Paris because that's my favorite city in the world. And it's not spiritual. Writing the book would be spiritual because I'd be led by the Lord. But staying in Paris, you don't have to do that, right? But let's see what God says. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Here I am on a balcony in Paris writing my book. Is that coincidental? Ask and you shall receive. Now, I could go story after story, but I want to ask you, what do you need to get serious about? To start saying, Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. You're the one that told me 33 times to ask you for things. I'm going to do it. Okay, the second thing the Lord said was big. Did you notice he said, ask big, and he said, you're not asking big enough? Stop asking for things that you think are possible. Listen to this. Steve, this was um, another thing I saw Steve Harvey say. He said, some of you are asking God to help you pay off your debts over the next seven years. He said, think about the God we serve. He created the whole world in six days, and it's going to take him seven years to pay off your debts? <laughs> and then I heard Miles, or Joyce, Joyce Meyer said, so many times we pray just prayers. Lord, if you'll just help me pay my rent. Lord, if you'll just help me get enough presents to put under the tree. Lord, if you'll just help me two more months of rent, please just help me. You know that word just means barely enough to get by? Joyce Meyer said, stop trying to sound pitiful. She said, 
She said, ask God for everything. If he doesn't want you to have it, he won't give it to you anyway. But she said, I would rather ask God for everything and get 50% than ask for nothing and get 100%, right? So Miles Monroe said, the Lord told him one time, he said, ask me to do something that makes me look like God. Ask me to do something that makes me look like God. So how many of you are going to up your ask? (laughs) That just came out, you know? Okay, let me tell you. Do y'all remember the story in the Bible where Jesus was approached by two blind men? And I always thought this was a little odd. These two blind men approached Jesus, but Jesus says to them, what do you want me to do for you? And doesn't that seem like a weird question because they're obviously blind. Back then, blind people wore beggar's coats, you know, so you knew they were blind. And Jesus says, oh, what do you want me to do for you? It's really not a strange question. You know why? Because Jesus wanted to hear how big they could ask. Because they could have said, Jesus, you know we're blind, which means we're beggars. Could you just give us some food for the next couple of weeks? Or they could have said, Jesus, you know we're out here begging people. Would you just give us a job? But no, they asked for something that only Jesus could do. They asked for their sight, right? Well, what if Jesus came to your living room tonight? And said, what do you want me to do for you in 2022? How you answer that question is going to have a big impact on how next year unfolds. I want you to be able to say, Lord, I'm so glad you asked. And flip to your thing, right? Let me explain real quick. I'll go fast. But um, Jesse Duplantis shares something that he calls the chokehold. Did y'all ever hear Jesse teach that message, the chokehold? So when I take Beauregard for walks, I have a big giant leash. It's kind of like this, but it's even bigger because he's so big. But it it lets him go so far, and then I push this little button, and it puts a chokehold on him, right? It just stops him from going where he wants to go. Well, Jesse Duplantis said that most of us have a chokehold in some area of our lives. In other words, where does God have to stop blessing you because you can't receive it? You choke. It's just, it's too much. I can't wrap my mind around that. You know, ladies, think about just in clothing. Maybe you can imagine spending $200 on a dress, but $500 and you choke. Or a house, like you think, okay, I could imagine a $500,000 home, but $2.5 million and you choke. Or I could imagine a $1 million business or ministry. But 20 million and you choke. So he said, where does God have to stop blessing you because you can't receive it? You choke. It's just too much. So Brother Jesse tells this story about his daughter Jody, who's a good friend of mine. And Jody and her husband had just bought this house. And they were believing God for everything. The house was basically empty. They were just grateful they got the house. And so Jesse and Kathy went over there to see the house. And when they walked in, it was empty and Jesse's like, when are you going to put some rugs on the floor and everything? And she said, Daddy, you should see the rug I'm going to get. And she ran and got a picture of it, and she showed Brother Jesse. And he said, that is beautiful. She said, just imagine it right there. And Jesse said he looked at Miss Kathy, he gave her the eye, and he said, Jody, I tell you what, your mom and I want to bless you with that rug as a housewarming gift. She said, Daddy, no, I did not show you that picture so you would pay for it. She said, I was just trying to show you what I'm believing for. And she said, I can't let you do that. She said, it's expensive. It's $2,000 for that rug. So you know what Jesse said? 
okay. He got in his car and he drove home. A couple months later, he went back to the house. Everything's still kind of empty. He said, Jody, when are you going to put some drapes on those windows? She had mini blinds, you know, but he said, when are you going to put some curtains up? She said, Daddy, I've already picked out the fabric. It is gorgeous. I'm going to have custom-made drapes. And so Jesse looked at Miss Kathy and gave her the eye again. He said, Jody, I tell you what, let's go get that fabric right now. Let's take it to the man. Let's get those drapes made. She said, Daddy, no, you don't understand. It's not just one window. It's four windows. And it is so expensive. I can't let you do that. What do you think Jesse said? Okay. Got in his car and went home. Two years later, Jody picked up Brother Jesse in her new car. Take him to lunch, you know. And Jesse said, hey, I love your new car. He said, how much do you owe on the car? She said, oh, about nineteen, twenty thousand. 20000 He said, which bank did you use to finance it? And she told him which bank it was. He said, I tell you what, let's go to that bank right now. I'm going to pay off your car. <sighs> Jody sat there for a minute. She said, Daddy, let the Lord lead you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then she said, is that curtain and rug deal still on the table? <laughs> Which I think is so cute. But Jesse said, what happened? She finally took the chokehold off. But Jesse said, you know, this Bible was written over 2,000 years ago. He said, when are you going to take him at his word? If God said, ask and it will be given to you, then when are you going to start asking God? You got it? Okay, the last point, number three, was he said to believe. No matter what God has promised you, if your mind can't handle it, you'll never get it. No matter what it is. So, another story Jesse told was, um, he said back in the 1970s when he was first starting to preach and he barely had enough gas money in his car to get from church to church. He would preach at a church, you know, preach his heart out and sometimes they wouldn't even give him an offering. One time they gave him a can of Dr. Pepper (laughs) <laughs> he called Miss Kathy and said, I barely have any gas to get to the next church. They didn't even give me anything but a Dr. Pepper. And she said, well, at least you're not thirsty, Jesse. You know. <laughs> but he said during those days when he's struggling, he's driving on these little roads to the next church, and this plane went across his car. And all of a sudden, God dropped a dream in his heart. One day, your ministry will be so big that you will not be able to get where you need to go by car. You're going to have your own airplane. And Jesse was thinking, what in the world? I barely have gas money to get to the next church. And he said, Lord, how would I ever be able to pay for something like that? And the Lord spoke something to Jesse that changed his whole life. He said, you know it. He said, Jesse, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to believe for it. God's not asking you to pay for these dreams. He's asking you to believe for him. So I'm going to show you real quick five ways you show God you believe. I promise this will be fast. Number one, you envision it. What does that mean? You write the vision, make it plain, right? Y'all know I'm passionate about that. But it's not a vision if it's in your head. If it's still in your thoughts, they say if it's not on paper, it's a vapor. So you got to write the vision, make it plain. Number two is you speak to the vision. God created the whole world with the words of his mouth. You create your world with your words also. If Jesus can speak to a fig tree and command it to wither up, you can speak to your metabolism and command it to speed up. You can speak to your body and command it to be energetic. You can speak to your marriage and command it to be restored. 
You can speak to your finances and command them to increase, right? Number three is you take action towards the dream. You know, God's the one who said faith without action is dead. I heard one success coach say, the one thing that separates winners from losers more than anything else is winners take action. If you're believing God to go on a mission trip, get your passport. Go ahead and start getting ready. Start taking action. You're believing God for a baby? Start picking out baby furniture. Put it in the dream book. Start taking action. Number four is give a memorable offering. My parents have ingrained this in me that so much that nobody can talk me out of it. Anytime you have a dream, sow a seed for it. You know, a farmer could do everything I shared with you today. He could put a picture of corn in his dream book. He could ask God for corn, which I don't know why anyone would because corn makes me gag, but <laughs> that's not my point. But he could put um, a picture of corn. He could ask God for it. He could speak to the corn. He could take action towards the corn. He could take lessons on corn. How many of you know he's never going to have corn until what? <laughs> he sows the seed. It's the same with your dreams and goals. You've got to sow where you want to go, right? And number five is to praise God before it manifests. You know, the highest expression of your faith is praise before the breakthrough. I think about the price is right. You know, when they say you're the next contestant on the price is right. And those ladies are jumping and shouting and bouncing and they haven't even won anything. But they sure act like they have, don't they? That's the way you got to act as soon as you write your dreams and goals and you're asking God in faith, you just start praising him for it. Quick story. Um, you know, I used to have the Icing Women Con Women's Conference here at Heritage of Faith. This is where we started. And I remember when we first started out, you know, we're doing everything by faith. And one day I was driving home from the office and Donna got a phone call that a friend of mine called and said he wanted to underwrite the whole budget for our next icing event. Well, back then, it was $5,000. And to me, that just, I mean, now it's like almost half a million. But back then, it was 5000 And I thought, how are we going to pay for $5,000? And all of a sudden, we get this phone call that he wants to pay for everything. Well, I was just shouting on the phone to Donna. I was like, are you sure? He wants to pay for all of it. She said, he said he's going to underwrite the whole thing. I said, Donna... I was screaming, thank you, Jesus. And I said, Donna, let's send him a bunt cake and tell him he's nothing but the best. And then <laughs> I said, tell him thank you for helping us spread icing, you know. And I love puns. So anyway, she did that. Well, then I said, give me his phone number because I want to call him and thank him. So I'm driving home. I had to pull over because I was just so grateful and ecstatic. So I called him and I said, I don't even know what to say. I'm just... Thank you. Like, I'm just overwhelmed that you would do this for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, keep in mind, he didn't give us his credit card over the phone. I didn't have a check in my hands. All he did was call and say, I want to underwrite the budget. But I know him, I trust him, and I trust his word. So I went ahead and thanked him, and I even sent him a present before I ever had the money. Well, God is not a man that he should lie. So you can go ahead and say, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're about to do in my life this year and in 2022. So I'll close out with this. There was a famous bank robber who just kept robbing all these banks. 
And the police kept trying to catch him, and finally they caught him. His name was Willie Sutton. You may have heard of him. They caught him, and they just said, why do you keep robbing all these banks? And you know what he said? Because that's where the money is. (laughs) This is where success is. It's in asking God, believe it's done. That's your word for 2021. Did y'all receive that? Okay. So, um, the only thing I brought was a couple of books and then I brought some planners because I thought some of you might want to be planning, getting ready to plan your new year. Um, you're not going to want this. They're thinking this one's free. This has my dreams in it. You, you don't want to go after my dreams, but I custom made this planner. There's a place for you to put your dream and then when it manifests and you can document everything. There's also a place to document your personal growth, the books you're reading, the conferences you attend, all of that's in here, a place for you to see that, wow, I really have invested in myself this year. There's a place for positive declarations. I've got some of my favorite plus scriptures and a place for you to list your own. And then I teach you how to plan your weeks, how to plan your days. So this is the daily planner. And then I put my new book, Ask Big, so that you get this ingrained in you that God is waiting for you to ask him, that you really could be missing out on stuff because you're not asking God. So these two together would be $55, but not at Carolyn's Christmas brunch. (laughs) The Carolyn's Christmas brunch discount is $35. So is that good? Okay, so we have a few back there. So, y'all want to stand up? Did y'all have fun? Hey, I started at 11.32 and I ended at 12.02. Is that good? Okay. So, Mama, do you want to close us out in prayer? Okay, I sure love y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having us. (laughs) You go ahead and tell them what all we're going to do now.